This is the Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast. I'm going to zap her again. Charge up the paddles. Come on, let's go, let's go. Sorry, Doctor. Hold the compressions. Clear. Straight line. Good evening and welcome to Rock and Roll Autopsy. We are the forensic files on your radio dial. My name is Scott and have we got a great show for you tonight. No, we don't. Damn it. The phone is ringing again. It's the request line. All right, let's pick it up. W-R-N-R-A, East of the Rockies. Hey, breather, what's going on, man? You think it's terrible the way people glamorize the 27 Club? Hey, man, no argument here. Those were young lives and real people. Gone before their time. Just tragic. What do you mean it's even more tragic that they're posthumous discussion fodder for shitty rock and roll podcasts? Listen, you called the request line. Is there a song you'd like us to perform an autopsy on? Shooting Star by Bad Company? You got it. All right, buckle up, gang. The subject of our rock and roll autopsy tonight will be Shooting Star by classic rock radio staples, Bad Company. We'll get the show started after these very important messages from our sponsors. What's up, music nerds? Are you tired of wading through a sea of mediocre music, desperately seeking to find a glimmer of greatness? You're in luck. My name is Mark, and I am the host of the podcast, Songs That Don't Suck. Each week, I scour the depths of new music playlists to unearth hidden gems that defy the trends and deliver pure sonic bliss. No matter the genre, if it doesn't suck, it's on my radar. So find us on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe today. And as always, keep searching for and listening to Songs That Don't Suck. Breaking news! What is this garbage you're watching? I want to watch the news. This is the news. All right, gang, we've got our intrepid rock and roll beat reporter on the line, Rico Mother fucking GNU with the GNUs and it looks like he just spilled his drink all over himself (laughs) ever the hallmark of journalistic professionalism he's got while he's doing the news ladies and germs he's got a giant like big gulp from a gas station that he just spilled all over himself Jesus Christ it's a it's a it's a lemonade from sheets and I went, and it's a straw with a lid, and I went to take a drink, and I fucking spilled it all over myself. But oh. that's par for the course. I'm, like, pretty much five years old most of the time anyway, so. Do you feel like the GNU's can... It, it can g- g- go on, because we're great. So, wow. all right, well... I'm trying to... I'm, I gotta get my dictionary out and come up with some more G-words. Um... So we're gonna have a little fun with this one. This is rapid fire. Let's don't no don't put too much thought into this, uh, which kind of fits pretty well with this podcast. So what we have here from Loudwire once again, this is from the entire Loudwire staff, by the way, not just one person. Um, Twelve rock slash metal cover songs that are better than the originals so we're just gonna just go rapid fire if we want to talk about one for a second cool but i'm gonna say one and then one of us will say better or not or say whether you think it's better than the original or not and then we'll just kind of go down the line if we want to talk about one cool if we don't then fuck it if you've never heard of it then fuck that too so all right here we go ready ready 
Let's do it. All right. Uh, let's see the first one. I, sorry, I suck because I have never heard of this. This is Judas Priest did a cover called The Green Manalishi. Sure, you've heard of this. It's a Fleetwood Mac song that Judas Priest covered. Rapid Fire, better than the original. Do you have like a one sentence comment on why? Because it's Judas Priest and not Fleetwood Mac. Bam, good enough for me. All right, Nest. See, I'm going to hear what you have to say about this one. Metallica, Whiskey in the Jar, originally done by Thin Lizzy. Not better than the original. I can't stand Metallica's version of this. I think it's awful. I hate it. Yeah, me too. All right. Any other comments? No. Moving on. All right. Ooh, here's an interesting one. Jimi Hendrix, All Along the Watchtower, originally done by Bob Dylan. Ready, go. Better. Yes. Thank you. I, Bob Dylan, legend. Okay, legend. But this this is... Anytime anybody ever thinks about this song, they think about the Hendrix version. Unless you're a like a diehard fucking Bob Dylan disciple, then you're going to think of his version. I don't even really know how his version goes that's how attached to the Jimi hendrix version i am so yeah good choice all right Can i help on. you yeah go for it it goes like this all along the watch <laughs> tower uh, uh, you sound yeah. just like sound just like him sound just like him man um, sound just like him that's good dude that is a really good imitation actually all right next i'll be here all night Originally done by Jake Holmes, Dazed and Confused, Led Zeppelin. Don't know the original. The Led Zeppelin version is eh. Yeah, exactly. This is not eh. I, I don't really care for this song. I mean, it's exactly. It's just how eh. you put it's just kind of like eh. It's like lukewarm. Maybe. Do you know what it, Rico, do you, do you know what it's famous for? Sorry, I keep interrupting you. It's no, the um, interrupt anytime you want. It's the it's the Jimmy Page bow that he does in the middle of the yeah. live version is what it's because he gets the bow out and plays on the Les Paul. But when I think of this song, I think of just how annoying Roger uh, what's his face Plant Bob Plant is throughout <laughs> the song. <laughs> Bob, <laughs> he's uh, uh, yeah, he's uh, a little he's a little uh, over the, <laughs> he's a little over the top on this song. I think he's just is i don't know again good choice not feeling it um all right here we go not i probably would recognize the song if i heard it but i didn't want to think too much about it the ramones did a cover of california sun originally done by the rivieras ramones always better always better thank you anything the ramones does is always better in my opinion Ooh, ooh, here we go. The Clash, I Fought the Law, originally done by Bobby Fuller 4. I like the original. I like this version, too. I want to hear what you have to say. Going with The Clash, baby. Yeah, man. I mean, the, the I, probably one of my one of my favorite punk bands is The Clash, uh, uh, oddly enough. this this The original's good. The Clash rock and roll, man. I love The Clash. All right, here we go. Ooh, dude. Huffy right here. You ready? Chili Peppers, Higher Ground, originally done by Stevie Wonder. Woo! Where are you going with this one? That is tough, and I love Stevie Wonder, but I'm going to give a slight edge to the Chili Peppers, baby. Mother's fucking milk. When, just, yeah, when the Chili Peppers really became the Chili Peppers that we all know and love. I think this, oddly enough, is, I mean, uh, this is the same album as Give It Away, right? No, give it away is on uh, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic. This You're is right. on the one just before this that. This is before that. Okay. Mother's this, Milk. This song, albeit a cover, made the Chili Peppers, right? Yep. Wouldn't you say that? Okay. Yep. This song, all again, although the original is fucking Stevie Wonder, dude, legend. This The Peppers version is just, this song is just fucking amazing. I love it. Uh, let's see. Uh, what are we at? Rico. By Go the way, it. we both yeah. each get a plus one for wanton whiteness for choosing. Yeah, I know. Chili peppers yeah. higher ground for Stevie Wonder. Ouch. That's that's painful. All right, I guess I can accept that. Renegades of Funk, Rage Against the Machine, originally done by Africa Bombada. I'd uh, never heard the original, but absolutely love the 
rage uh renegades of funk cover and that whole album what is the album called it's, it's a covers album that rage did. i think it maybe it's called renegades i can't remember but mm, it's a great sure. like like top to bottom if you ever want to hear like a killer just rage doing they've got the uh tom jode cover on there it's it's fucking great top to bottom they cover some hip-hop on it it's all just a great record yeah dude renegade rage's version of this song is amazing um quiet riot come on feel the noise originally done by slade have you ever heard the original of this i have and what's your take on the the version come on feel the noise girls i'll take kevin dubrow and the boys quiet motherfucking riot that a boy love it love the it biggest metal album of all time at yeah, the time dude. in oh 1984 metal health was the first metal album to go to number one they were the absolute gods of heavy metal at that time and i just looked it up for those of you keeping score at home the yeah. rage covers album that i am recommending is called renegades and on yeah. that record you will hear the aforementioned song rico talk. yeah i mean think about it in in you said 1984 think of all the gigundo um music that came out in 1984 we've talked about this a thousand billion times and for this song on this album by this band hit number one dude that is gigundo compare i mean bruce springsteen michael jackson fucking van halen we talked about it a million times and this album i remember when this album came out man they were enormous when this Huge. came out Woo! and, wow. and a, a footnote is that yeah. the distinction of being the first heavy metal record to go to number one probably would have went to def leppard in 1983 with pyromania had stubborn michael jackson not been sitting at number one the entire fucking year with thriller that son of a bitch uh here we go uh typo negative summer breeze originally done by seals and croft i like typo but i i hate that cover it's just too uh i don't know it's too novelty sounding to me so i'll take the original yeah me too i i want to say that um i fucking love this song the original version of this song i love 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 this song and no cover in my opinion will ever be better than the original of this particular song seals and croft home run summer breeze um here, ah joan jet and the black hearts i love rock and roll originally done by the arrows i think this one pretty much answers its own question don't you think oh yeah i'll go with uh joan jets precisely uh, i just uh, looked it up for those of you keeping score at home i'm on top of it i'm using the internet to be our own department of corrections here but no correction necessary metal health by quiet riot was the first heavy metal album to reach number one on billboard 200 chart replacing the police's synchronicity at number one in november of 1983 so how many you want to guess how many copies this fucking record sold metal health um it, it like in total or what i'm just i'm gonna say 25 million good guess but you overshot a little bit 10 million copies 6 oh, wow. million in the u.s alone Woo! boy that's for that god for again for quiet riot that's just amazing actually um ooh, interesting um so manfred Mann's earth band blinded by the light originally done by bruce springsteen this is kind of a i i don't like this being on here because Bruce Springsteen wrote the song and really Manfred Mann did the song and Bruce Springsteen wrote the song. So this one really shouldn't even be on this list, right? Yeah, it's a little technicality, right? Um, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I love The Boss. Um, I don't know. Maybe I, it's not to me one of his better songs. And so I don't really care for this song. Do you? Um, I like it, man. I like how, how the everybody fucks that one lyric up in the in the in the chorus and what do they think the lyric is rico they think it's wrapped up like a douche um but that's not it scott do you know what that lyric really is and what it means are women rapping douches can you be wrapped up like a douche 
I don't even know if that's it doesn't even make sense as an analogy. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, deuces in no way are wrapped up unless you are wrapping it up from manufacturing in order to transport it to the store. <laughs> so is the song about like a factory or douchebags? <laughs> a douchebag factory. It's a douchebag factory. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's like the. It's like uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's like uh, K- Kardashian's uterus. It's a fucking douchebag factory. <laughs> yes, uh, rev- revved up like a deuce, Scott. Revved up like a deuce. As Gotta be a, a car, right? As in a deuce coupe. That's right. You got it precisely. A deuce coupe revved up like a deuce. All right, that's it, Scott. That was fun, wasn't it? I had a blast, dude, but I got to tell you, I'm disappointed. Yeah. I think there is a glaring song missing on that list. Uh, uh, Last Caress by Metallica used to be Misfits. Good guess, but they already got Metallica on there. But I think yeah, true. I, I think there's a band that they, they forgot. And mm. I'm going to say it's Van Halen and the Kinks with You Really Got Me oh man and i think it's one of those covers where the song is super important to the history of rock and roll both the original version it kind of like invented the fuzz tone on a guitar back then and it's a broken kill- amp right broken yeah amp so, a, yeah so the song has like twice in rock history that one song was critical in the evolution of rock and roll both with the kinks and then again the the van halen version has eruption at the beginning and then segues directly into you really got me and that's how it's set up in the album and for years radio has always just continued that continuity of having those sandwiched together so like it has that unique distinction of being like super duper important to rock history twice and i think the van halen version is absolutely like they took that song and just made it their own and i feel like uh the van halen version just smokes i agree the van halen version of that song is just unbelievable like when you come off of the so come off of eruption and then oh my god it just it's just exploding your face off man yep but is this not a case to your point where the original is just as good it as is. the cover, but for a different reason, but right? for different reasons and just as and, important. And is this song severely, again, to your point, this song is dramatically underrated for how important it is to rock music. Nobody ever talks about how important or influential or meaningful this song is for a couple of different reasons i wonder why that is do you have any idea why nobody gives this song the credit it deserves because people are fucking morons but that's the reason why rico this podcast exists because that's we're true. doing that good work so just tune in every week rock and roll autopsy we'll tell you what you should know yeah uh, d- just I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Let's hit this this other one really quick before we take a break. So Keith Richards, who's like 105 years old, um, has has inserted his opinion about pop and rap music. Um, basically, I mean, to put this whole article in a nutshell, he thinks it's garbage. He thinks pop music is manufactured garbage and rap um is also garbage because it's all manufactured with computers he likes to hear real people play um because all this manufactured shit doesn't have any feel to it um i gotta say scott oh man i'm gonna get destroyed for this i love (laughs) pop music no listen (laughs) here's the thing here's the thing man I love rap music i loved rap music all the way back in in the early mid 80s um i love pop music i've listened to pop music and i like it just as much as any other genre of rock (sighs) but from a certain point of view depending on what hat you're wearing he's not entirely incorrect from a certain point of view okay pop music is manufactured it is templated it is created by a room full of writers pulling bits and pieces of stuff out of big giant databases of music and piece parting it together to make songs 
that does unless you're like somebody like taylor swift who fucking writes all her who who now owns the nfl apparently um she writes all of her own music she's an anomaly you got to take her out of it by the way real quick since this is a music podcast since in the last 48 hours since taylor swift has been associated with travis kelsey from cleveland by the way um Travis Kelsey has now, in the last 48 hours, almost 400,000 new Instagram followers. His jersey sales have increased by almost 400% just because of her being at the game and them going on a date or whatever. Well, I don't know if it was a date. She, like, booked a whole restaurant and paid for the entire team to eat. Um, okay, I want you to cycle. I, I think that's cool and i want to i want to talk about that but i want you anyway i want you to finish your thought on yeah richards because i want to add to that and then i'll cycle yeah you know the the whole thing from keith richards is like he gets a plus one thousand for gratuitous boomerism okay it is a boomer comment it's very narrow-minded however if you look if you pick apart what he's saying not about rap because rap's a whole nother thing i don't know why he doesn't like rap i love rap but pop music generally now especially since the day since um you know computers and uh um uh garage band and all that other shit it is uh, we've read about it we've talked about it how pop music is assembled nowadays and it very much is assembly line from 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 uh, giant databases of bits and pieces so from that perspective he's kind of right but if you enjoy the product does it doesn't matter so i agree with it and i don't agree with it at the same time call me a fence rider but i can see his point of view although it is limited does that make sense it does make sense and I, i'll say this okay and if you were worried about ruffling some feathers then i'm just gonna pluck them all off the bird um here's my thing is for one thing as far as the gratuitous boomerism yes but people have been saying this forever and so right. it's this isn't a new take people said this about boy george in 1983 right that's true so people have been saying this forever if you look at the stones catalog i hear blues i hear rock i hear country i hear reggae i hear disco i hear new wave so like the rolling stones are a fairly like eclectic band with like a wide palette of sonic territory that they you know that they explore right and so and keith richards is like a you know there's two guys that write in that band right jagger richards so it's coming from somewhere and so he obviously has a diverse palette of music i suspect that he's specifically kind of referring to modern music like he's not picking on pop or rap like from the 80s or 70s i think he's probably really picking on music from like the last quarter century which would be super boomer but hold on a second and then i'll let you cycle back there i love pop music not modern pop music some not all you know i like some Katy perry songs i like some taylor swift i love adele you know i like some billy eilish songs i like probably like 15 to 20 percent of rap mostly older rap i have a hard time connecting to modern stuff but i think it's just my age difference i'm i have difficulty connecting to younger voices because i'm a middle-aged dude that actually kind of makes sense you know um but i will say this and this is where i'm gonna ruffle feathers I honestly believe I'm smart enough to know what's good. And so, and I think Keith Richards probably thinks himself of himself probably the same way. So if someone were like blindfold me, put headphones on and a, you know, give me the, uh, the Pepsi challenge with a couple songs, even if it's not really my genre or my typical cup of tea, I think I could probably in a listener to suss out whether or not it was a quality song we see rick beato do this all the time with like his spotify top 10 list reviews and things so i suspect he's probably not thinking of pop and rap of like the last pop rap just celebrated its 50 year anniversary i don't think he's thinking of the totality of that I'm, i suspect he's referring to the last 10 to 20 years of music 
know? Yeah, he, he said in this article, quote, I like to hear music by people playing instruments. That is, I don't like to hear plastic synthesized music as it used to be known, what you hear in elevators, which is now par for the course. Um, so, yeah, I mean, let me ask you this. I, I, I personally feel like, now, again, there is some modern pop stuff that I like. Uh, sure, to, um, to, to agree with you on that. But does this make me does this make me old or does it make, does it make me smart that 80s pop music blows any other decade of pop music out of the fucking water right you're preaching to the choir so i can't tell if it's just like i'm just dated but i don't not listen to new stuff i try it on all the time out of curiosity oh, because music interests me and so it's hard to tell if it's just coming from age or Fuck, if we it... talk about it once a week we have to listen to it right <laughs> so it's hard to tell if it's just coming from age or if it's coming from, you know, a realistic kind of like informed perspective. But I do think the 80s pop was freaking amazing. Can I make the Taylor Swift comment real quick? Did, yeah, go for it. Did you see the crazy video floating around today of the popcorn machine? No. Tell me about this. People think, and it could be true, because apparently there's a whole thing going on with Taylor Swift. There's a lot of like inside stuff with her fans and her and there's a whole thing that she sneaks sometimes in and out of the stadium or on stage inside of like large boxes of like cleaning supplies or like stage equipment. Well, there was a popcorn machine that was like the size of a refrigerator that someone was pushing out of Arrowhead Stadium and there's video of it and there's tons of fans surrounding it. And they're like, that's her. That's her. What? And they believe. I believe that she got out of Arrowhead Stadium inside of a popcorn machine. Google the video at your leisure. You'll see. Dude, there's video of her walking down the uh, walking down the causeway <laughs> right next to Travis Kelsey in that fucking ugly blue and white suit. I saw that, but there's yeah. also video of her allegedly being being removed from the stadium in a popcorn machine you choose this is a choose your own adventure book rico <laughs> i'm gonna believe the popcorn machine and you go ahead and believe the video that's clearly ai generated of her and travis kelsey <laughs> walking around in that awful suit yeah i'm this, believing the popcorn machine that fucking popcorn i gotta look that up that popcorn story is just fucking crazy enough to be true if that's true <laughs> like i can't dude I was. Th I thought about this a lot the last twenty four to forty eight hours. If there is one person, I would not. You, I would probably rather have all my fingernails pulled out than to want to be Taylor Swift for one day. I would hate to be her for any length of time, dude. That has got to be what the Beatles felt like in the sixties, dude. Like she, she, she affects economies, dude. When when she did a concert in arizona they said the economical impact was the equivalent to three super bowls yeah it's she it's can't crazy go, she can't go anywhere dude i would i would absolutely hate that i mean uh she's she's an amazing artist but i would i don't envy her microscopic life that she lives right now at all so all right anyway woo we're gonna I, I need i need a pot take a powder after that one so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break all right this can... has been rock and roll autopsy hey, see you next night week. Now. <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back so stay tuned looking for a good rock and roll book do you watch a ton of rock and roll documentaries like I do? Well, that's why I started the Rock Talk Studio podcast. to be the place to go for previews, reviews, and recommendations of rock and roll books, documentaries, and movies. Every first Tuesday of the month, the Rock Talk Studio gets you caught up on all the latest and points out where to go for the good stuff. Give me 20 minutes and I'll get you caught up on the world of rock and roll books, docs, and movies from every possible angle and leave you with a no-doubt decision on where to spend your time and money fan or just casual fan, or maybe you're on the fence and just looking for something new to check out. Either way, I got you covered. Recently on the show, I've talked about books and documentaries from everyone and everything from David Bowie, Randy Rhodes and the Allman Brothers, to the Abbey Road Studios, Cheap Trick, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Little Richard, and more. Join me, Big Rick, every Tuesday of the month as I host a Rock Talk Studio podcast. 
the ultimate review of rock and roll books, documentaries, and movies. We are gathered here to remember rock and roll. Rock was born the rambunctious son of country, western, and blues. In the year of our Lord, 1955, on this day, the birth of rock and roll, gifted under the world a gyrating pelvis, a throbbing beat, and a pulsating rhythm, a sound so infectious and rollicking that it would endow previously scrupulous young minds with identity, individualism, and purpose, thus setting forth a multi-generational pursuit of all that is loud, debaucherous and unholy. But, sadly, like all earthly endeavors, rock too must perish. Oh, we mourn the loss of rock and roll, with its ridiculously old standard bearers still on tour and charging ungodly amounts of mad jack to witness their long past the sell-by date asses on stage and with its chauvinism, misogyny, and whiteness no longer aligning with modern sensibilities, and with its aging, fist-shaking fan base kicking every would-be rocker off their proverbial lawn, rock has indeed passed into the celestial void. May rock rest in peace in eternal cacophonous slumber. Amen. Thank you for that, Scott. You are listening to the Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast. The Autopsy Report. Okay, I've had my powder. Um, we're back now. Hey, thanks for sticking around. Uh through through all of that long-winded nonsense in our news segment uh but now it's time to find out if shooting star by bad company killed rock and roll that's right shooting star by bad company off of the straight shooter album remember that the cover with the dice on the front right in the craps table um released in 1975 it was recorded the year before in 74 in gloucester england this is a long song, dude, especially, you know, for a, a mid 70s rock song. It's over six minutes long. Swan songs, the label Paul Rogers wrote the song and the producers are the band themselves. Bad Company Scott. Take it away. Did this song kill rock? Thank you for that amazing autopsy report. I'll say this much. Uh, Paul Rogers certainly uh didn't have peroni's disease if he was going to be a straight shooter you know what i'm saying hi oh i hope not i hear it's pretty painful but did it kill rock and roll that is the question not the question is not was his penis straight and did it fire straight ropes of jizz <laughs> no <laughs> What happens when you have Peroni disease? Do you do you shoot like crooked? Is it like spirals or is it right angles or something? I think every time you beat off, it just like backfires onto your thigh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Good night. That's all we have tonight. Are we doing okay today? We're having trouble getting through this today. I don't know, man. Let's, uh, just, let's just keep pushing through. Eventually, we'll get to the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's Rock and Roll Autopsy. Yeah. The band is Bad Company. The song is... What the hell is the name of the song? Um, God damn it. It's not Straight Shooter. What song are we doing, Rico? Shoot, shoot, shooting Star. <laughs> shooting Star. That's right. <laughs> shooting. I knew it was shooting. The Something song... Shooting. Oh, Christ. All right. I got to get the giggles out and get straight here. The song <clears throat> is Shooting Star. The band is Bad Company. The question is, did it kill rock and roll? And believe it or not, the two knuckleheads hosting this show tonight have developed a scientifically proven method, our own proprietary science, 
science that we use to determine whether or not a song is guilty of killing rock and roll. Now, Rico, I got to ask you, is this something? And I know I'm risking another ridiculous digression early in the show here, but is this something that that anyone should attempt? Should children attempt to perform an autopsy on Shooting Star? Yeah, so um, we mentioned in our news segment, Travis Kelsey, who is a local, by the way, and I love Travis Kelsey because he's a local and because he's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame someday. So him and this Taylor Swift thing, um, he's feeling himself big time on this one, man. He is he is feeling himself hard. He's got a couple of rings. He said, yo, I caught you at Arrowhead. Come and catch me at Arrowhead. She shows up. They go out. Listen, what's going to happen, Travis? This is what's going to happen. You think this is a good idea, but what's going to happen is it's going to go south. You're not going to be able to handle the pressure or the spotlight that you're going to be in. His This is going to affect his game. And what's going to happen is her relationship, whatever it is with him, is going to go down in flames, and she is absolutely going to annihilate you in one of her songs. She's going to write a song about you, and she is absolutely going to annihilate you. And so if anybody tries doing what we do, the same thing's going to happen to you. You are going to be absolutely annihilated because you think you can do this, but you just can't. But as a happy byproduct, the path to the Super Bowl in the AFC will be clear for the Cleveland Browns, baby! And all the Swifties will have another number one hit to listen to, except this one will be about Trav and the people who try to do our autopsy. For more ridiculous football talk, go enjoy the Brown Notes podcast. Rock and roll autopsy shooting star bad company proprietary science it can be divided up into five categories and they are gratuitous boomerism excessive misogyny wanton whiteness malignant machismo and culture vulturism rico the song is shooting star the band is bad company they are a staple of classic rock radio and category one is gratuitous boomerism how do you score i mean shit dude like this this scores a one in gratuitous boomerism for about 100 different reasons um i'm just gonna pick one um and and you can hit any of the other 99 if you want to but and i know that typically in our next category we talk about some lyrics but we're not going to get to the ones at the very end of the song so i'm going to use those in my rationale for category one here it is any song that has na 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 the na 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 thing gets a one for boomerism in my opinion (laughs) no song ever written by anybody past probably mid 70s has na 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 in it so if a song has na 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 in it especially the whole like anthemic harmonized na 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 thing at the end kind of like hey jude you're getting a plus one for boomerism in my opinion well i never saw that take coming but it is so spot on and that ladies and germs is why you tune into the rock and roll autopsy podcast (laughs) that kind of perspective it's spot on and yes it is the biggest plus one ever i mean this is a gigantic godzilla size plus one the topic of the fallen rock and roll star, the the rising star who, uh, like Icarus, touches the sun and the wings of wax melt and comes crashing down. It's 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 tried and true, and it is absolutely boomer <laughs> subject matter, boomerific song. I don't know where else to go. We could also pick on the fact that yeah, they're all boomers in age. You know, pretty obvious stuff. We got Paul Rogers, the leader, lead singer of the band, being born in 49, firmly ensconced in the boomer generation. So, and the guy has made a career being a boomer artist. He was in Free, he was in Bad Company, he was in The Firm. So he even was a queen for a little while. So this is full on. I mean, this, this song is a staple of classic rock radio. I could go on. Like you said, it's boomerific for a million boomer reasons, but you pulled the best out of all of them. I'm going to end this category with a 
with a refrain of na na na's. Category two, excessive misogyny. And Rico, I have the lyrics available if you'd like to hear them. Yes, please. Johnny was a schoolboy when he first heard hit when I'm fucking up the lyrics. Johnny was a schoolboy when he heard his first Beatles song. Love me do. I think it was. And from there, it didn't take him long. Got himself a guitar used to play it every night. Now he's in a rock and roll outfit. Everything's all right. Don't you know? Johnny told his mama, hey, mama, I'm going away. I'm going to hit the big time. Going to be a big star someday. Mama came to the door with a teardrop in her eye. Johnny said, don't cry, mama. Smile and wave goodbye. Don't you know? Yeah, yeah. Don't you know that you are a shooting star? Don't you know? Don't you know? Don't you know that you are a shooting star and all the world will love you just as long? as long as you are hold on let me get a kleenex here all right uh rico that was beautiful. 30 more words man no that, that was that was absolutely breathtaking thank you for that scott is going to take his spoken oh. word on, on tour by the way um dates all over the country um okay there are a few things about this so maybe maybe he ought to get like a, a half point or, or a one for basically telling his mom to fuck off he's going to do whatever he wants to <laughs> um but i can't fault the dude for following his dreams right um but so yeah there's no misogyny here but there's a couple of things um i wanna i wanna bring up um so everybody knows this song what it's about right it's about a guy like you mentioned uh, a guy that rises to the top and gets caught up in the whole drug thing and winds up killing himself right which was kind of a thing back then and here's the here's the, i think the the topic itself is super boomer because going back to the first category but no there's no misogyny but you think about it dude like Starting in like the mid sixties, the whole drug drugs, like drugs with music existed before that, but it was largely like an underground unspoken thing. Right. And it wasn't like super like recreational. Right. So to speak. But once we hit the mid sixties, dude, drugs became mainstream drugs it, like, and mostly it was weed and LSD. And of course, there was some heroin in there, and coke, coke can't kind of became more popular right around the early seventies and shit. But so people were like infatuated with the whole drug thing. In fact, how many songs were written in the late sixties about how awesome drugs were? Like, there every band had a, a drug song. I mean, just look it up. There's there's hundreds of them about how awesome drugs were. And then we hit the 70s and then all the all the awesomeness that was in the late 60s all turned into deaths in the early 70s because it went too far. Mm -hmm. And so the reason why people were writing about it, because it was new, the whole drug thing as a mainstream recreational thing really was only in existence since the mid to late 60s. So writing about it and seeing all these deaths from something that was so awesome, like less than 10 years ago was a really new and fresh thing to write about. So from that perspective, I totally get why people were writing about this because they were writing about the, how drugs were killing people this for the same reason why people were writing five years earlier, how awesome drugs were like green tambourine. Hey, Mr. Tambourine man up, up and away. Like you can think of a thousand songs written about how awesome drugs were. So it makes total sense how the arc of mainstream drug use during that 10 year time period between 65 and 75, why people were writing about it because the whole concept was super new. But then once we got past 1975, it wasn't new anymore. And just everybody was doing it and it was boring. And it was like, an, it, it was like, Oh, everybody's doing it. So why would I want to write a song about it now? You know what I mean? So it makes total sense of why people were writing songs about it because of, because of that, in my opinion. 
I'm going to score it for excessive misogyny. I don't see any misogyny, misogyny in the lyrics at all. Um, and to your point, you know, the drug angle. I mean, perhaps if the subject of our song, I don't know, if he died instead of from whiskey and pills, if it was, I don't know, from shagging girls, then maybe then the song would be you know, excessive misogyny. I'm thinking of like the dude, right. from, you know, the story of the guy from three dog night, right? Oh, sure. Like he fucked his penis off because it, it got super bad because he just was fucking too much. Oh yeah. I heard that's an infamous story for sure. Yeah. I mean, his penis basically exploded. It kind of split down the middle, like an overcooked yeah. hot dog. <laughs> and the doctor, the doctor told him your shaft is swollen because uh, you've had too much sex. And yeah. then, he, of course, he ignored the doctor's advice and continued having sex. And that's whenever his penis exploded and did the uh, the split hot dog trick. So had the had the song been about that kind of rock star death, you know, which isn't the man didn't die. But let's face it, when your penis explodes and you're a dude, you might as well be dead. I mean, you that's, might as well may as well be dead. Right. Yeah. So had the song been about that then you might make an argument that there's some excessive misogyny, but it's not ultimately. And aside from a few wisecracks directed at his mother, I'm going to score it a zero. So hold on before which the, that, that begs the next question. Um, what's your preferred method of preparing a hot dog? Damn Rico. I am have to come up with, okay. When I was editing last week's episode, I thought, you know what? we need a food digression bumper like a little song or something like rico like or how about just like a car slamming on the brakes because anytime food is mentioned even in passing like casually like the split hot dog reference rico will will just insist on grinding the podcast to a halt and talking about food so welcome to another rock and roll autopsy food sidebar in the i'm sorry man i won't do this will the be the last is, how do be, i prepare a hot dog this will be the last one i swear i won't do a, a riveting hot dog sidebar courtesy of our newsman rico um usually i either boil it on this it depends on who's gonna eat it if my kids are eating it i'll boil it on the stove top if I'm eating it, I don't care that it particularly tastes good. So I'll just toss it in the microwave for a few seconds. Yeah, good man. Um, microwave is quicker. Boiled is always good. Um, do you like the grilled hot dog? I'm of not course. a horse. Yeah, fire, hot... but I'm not firing up a grill for hot dogs. Just, no, that's like if you're having a cookout and there's yeah. people over. Like you've never gone out of your way to make a grilled hot dog, right? No. No, no, it's okay. grilled hot dogs are purely incidental. So what's your preferred method? Rico, um, since we're in the I, middle of the food segment. Um, just for convenience, hot uh, microwave for sure. Yeah, I, convenience yeah, for sure. Anyways, back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> no more food digressions, I promise. <laughs> 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 all right next category is wanton whiteness <laughs> this song is what the hell is the name of the song god damn i keep forgetting it Don't shooting star you know that you are a shooting star thank you we're gonna now you're gonna get a copyright strike oh, for that faithful rendition i know because i sounded just like paul rogers just like I? it fuck my bad all right um Wanton whiteness, shooting star, yeah. bad company. Rico, how do you score? Yeah, dude, it's bad company. Like, there's this is a mid 70s, like quintessential mid 70s rocker song. Um, it's really white. I mean, these guys, okay, some of their their soloing, there are there are some bluesy riffs to it that I do have to give that to them. Um, a lot of their stuff is blues based, um, especially on some of their al other albums. Like if you get to like my favorite um, Bad Company album, Running With The Pack, they, they dabble in that just a tad more. Um, so, uh, excuse me, <laughs> I'm probably going to still give them a, a one for whiteness, though, because they're a, they're super white. It's Bad Company. Um, 
although there are some bluesy influences in their music, it's still white as fuck, dude. Yeah, it's this is an English hard rock super group. Um, and it's like funny that they would call them hard rock. I think of this as like polite hard rock, you know. <laughs> It really is. It's very English in that sense, and that it's very, very it's very, very proper. It is like there's nothing like that's going to scare your parents about listening to a Bad Company album, you know? Right, right. Even yeah. back in the day, this band carried no menace. None. They're just. It's why I think they're just like embraced by classic rock radio the way they are. Right. Well, even like one of the other songs on this album, I feel like making love. Yeah. It's not. I'm going to do it. It's got that <laughs> proper English twist to it, like. I feel like it, but yes. I'm not sure if I want to follow through on it because that would be improper to make that kind of aggressive uh, presumption, if you will. I feel like it, but if I'm rebuffed by my mate with extreme prejudice, I'll just excuse myself to the bathroom and have a wank. No big deal. <laughs> We're not going to stress about it. I feel like it, but I'm just putting it out there. If you're not there, that's that's cool. It's fine. It's fine. That's, that's why they we make can, the pennies catalog. We can just have some tea and some biscuits. <laughs> All right. I'm going to score that a gigantic one for yep. Watson Whiteness. Category four, malignant machismo. Shooting star. There's something about seeing straight shooter and the song being a shooting star that every time I have to say the song title, I want to say straight shooter. It's fucking me up. Well, and, and what's fucking me up is when you started talking about Peroni's disease at the beginning. And so now I <laughs> have straight some, shooter. I have some really crazy visuals uh, every time you say the name of the song. So um, <laughs> malignant machismo, th this song is so god it reminds me of like like do doesn't like this bad company in a way kind of reminds me of like the the original like creed they're like so oh nice. wow they're like yeah. night they're like nice and weepy and and there's like i mean i i could score them a negative one if i could do that but no this is a fucking flat zero when you're when you're like the creed of the 70s yeah <laughs> you you get a it's a it's a it's a zero for me overly sentimental trying yeah. a little too hard to be poetic lyrics but ultimately just kind of obvious and on the nose yes like yes. none of it hits the mark no and that line in there about um that his life passed him by like a oh. warm sunny day and but if oh. you, you could still hear his song in the wind or some kind of bullshit forced poetic line like that oh my god that's scott stapp so bad man it is bad but it's funny because i went to song meanings because i'm like well surely somebody in the comments is going to have something profound to say about this song that i can you know use for some research for the show right and everyone in there is like I think it's about Elvis. I think it's about John Lennon. I think it's about John Bonham. I think it's about Paul Kossoff, the guitarist from Free. And it's like everybody is just in the comments correcting people. It was written in 75. <laughs> Kossoff died in 76. Bonham was, was 80. Lennon yeah. was 80. <laughs> Elvis died in 77. <laughs> It's like literally the 27 club didn't have a ton of members at that time. Not that, yeah. you know, Elvis and yeah. Lennon were older, but you're talking about at that time, literally Brian Jones, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison. By and I think it's a composite of all of those people. Yes. And I see someone argue that it's Jimi Hendrix and I think it's a composite, but if you read the lyrics, it could be Jimmy and Jimmy's actual name was John. And so it, it could be his uh, birth name was johnny allen so it could be you know there's nothing specifically that kind of like it still feels like a reach but i think it's a composite but to your point losing people young like that in rock was new at that time but it's just funny because i go into the comments looking for something profound usually you find a pretty good comment in there and it's just a bunch of people naming off rando dead rock stars every single one of them died after 75 <laughs> Yeah, um, this, song, this song was written about Kurt Cobain, Scott. <laughs> yeah, it's about Amy Winehouse. Come on, <laughs> it's a, it's about the dude from Mud Honey. 
yeah, about him. <laughs> yeah, Paul Rogers had a vision. You know, yeah. he saw all this in the future. I'm going to score it a zero for malignant machismo. It's far too polite and obvious and just kind of, frankly, Ugh. it's like this is a song that I think like 25 years ago I kind of liked. And now when I listen to it, like I tried listening to this record, I hated every minute of it. <laughs> I got through the first side and then I just skimmed the last four tracks and the record's only 30 minutes long as it's yeah. a record from the seventies and I still couldn't crush this thing. So I don't crazy, know. Right. Yeah. I mean, like I, 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 I agree. I had nothing more for me to say there. Culture vulturism shooting star Rico. How do you score? Um, I mean, it's not like they're, like zeppelin or anything or in like blatantly ripping people off with this it's this is the mid 70s man everything every rock song in the mid 70s all sound the same now to me um and but nobody was really nobody was really ripping anybody off except for led zeppelin for the most part but they were ripping off like old old bluesy guys but there's nothing really vulturistic about this song it's just a fucking sappy mid 70s song about about drugs there's nothing really I, nah, it's a zero man right what was the skin didn't we do a skinner song that was like similar uh, more, uh the, that smell yeah yeah that's but right. that was two years later that was 77 i think yeah wasn't it? yeah maybe you're right good look at the big brain on rico um mm -hmm. hey, the the sun shines on a dog's ass once in a while scott all right. Uh, do you, would you like to take a dog's ass digression here for a minute? Uh, if you want to. Have you ever ate dog food? Um, no, but I would. I'd try it once. I've ate would dog you... biscuits. Biscuits? Yeah. Like... Have, you ever go... Have you ever gone for the wet stuff? No, never done the wet stuff. But milk bone biscuits, you know, as a, as a lifelong Browns fan, there were yeah. days when I would like have my dog's biscuits while watching the game and I would take a bite out of them to show like dedication, like I was with the team. And you know what they taste like? Just like a really coarse cracker. Really? Yeah, like a, like a bone meal cracker. So under what circumstances, real quick, would you go mad max and house a can of wet dog food only if like you know i was on fear factor and joe rogan was going to give me a million dollars to do it otherwise i'm not eating that crap really yeah you that's yeah, i mean I, what's in it i well it's got to be edible dude or else they wouldn't give it yeah, to dogs what's in it like ground it's up like, horses and shit what the hell's the, in there the same shit that's in 90 percent of the garbage we buy from the grocery store <laughs> you, you know what's in dry dog food the fucking crunchy brown pellets i give bolt because yeah. i we we buy them the i am shit which i guess yeah. is the good stuff i don't know but i read the ingredients it's mostly chicken it's like chicken and beet powder yeah and corn it's, yeah corn and, oh in corn's in everything in america yeah but it's corn. like yeah, but it's it's like I was surprised. It's like there was no like beef product in it at all. Listen, man, dogs are dogs and people are people, but dogs need digestible, digestible, regular food just like we do. So they're not going to feed them like alien shit from another planet. It's 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 if if we needed to eat dog food, we could eat dog food and probably get through it if if we were in a bind. Yeah, I think I you're right. Like. Um um vulturism is a zero for me what about you yeah i'm gonna you mentioned led zeppelin and i think i'd be remiss if we didn't mention the bad company led zeppelin connections there's a couple led zeppelin started their own record label in the 70s called swan song everybody knows the uh iconic logo of like the uh the, it's great the yeah dude with, with the, the wings when you with the wings and, oh yeah yeah so Swan Song record label, Bad Company was the first band signed to that label. They had, because of that, they had Led Zeppelin's manager, one of the most intimidating figures in the history of rock and roll. Uh, Peter Grant was their manager for a while. And this guy would just muscle anybody who got in his way and would, you know, he was the kind of like the uh, the bully behind the band who made sure that the trains left on time and everything worked as it should. <clears throat> and he eventually lost interest. After John Bonham died, he became disillusioned, lost interest in the business, and then just stopped caring about bad company. Uh, another connection is <clears throat> uh, 
Paul Rogers sang for The Firm, which was Jimmy Page's uh, first solo band in the 80s. So after Bad Company uh, disbanded for the first time, Paul Rogers went on and Jimmy Page, that old connection with Led Zeppelin, ended up singing for The Firm, did a couple records for him. So there is a Zeppelin connection to, the, to Bad Company, a pretty strong one. But they're just, in my opinion, maybe it's just, you know, it's funny because both bands are staples of of classic rock radio. But to me, Bad Company is just so milk toast and so mm. vanilla and kind of down the milk middle. Milk toast. What a great description for them. Milk toast. Oh, that's brilliant. I love so it. I'm just not, I'm not feeling it. But I thought we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the uh, Les Ablon connections. Um, for sure. Rico, let's tally this mug up. I'm giving it a zero for culture vulturism, and yep. I have did, 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 I have two points. Rico, what do you have? I also have two points. For a grand total of four points. Surprising. That's why that's why the science works dude because honestly i went into this with kind of an idea where i thought it might be going didn't go that way at all this is this 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 song almost contributed to rock and roll if you can believe that almost oh wow almost yeah it probably came a little too close to that but um you know as, as scientifically but um yeah i mean it's just it's a milk toast down the middle ultimately it's just dishwater i mean how could this song <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's so it's so tepid it's so tepid and so dull <laughs> and kind of ridiculous at this point um you know it's oh funny anybody and thanks for tuning in gang and remember listen when it comes to podcasting you can tweet you can instagram or TikTok your way to trying to get some listeners but what really works is word of mouth man so if you enjoy tuning in every week you enjoy this podcast tonight was loaded. We talked Taylor Swift. We talked cover songs. We talked Quiet Riot, Van Halen. We talked NFL football. We talked Peroni's disease. We talked about hot dogs. We talked about exploding penises. I mean, this podcast, we talked about crooked penises that backfire ejaculate onto the masturbator's thigh. What more could we have put in this podcast? You want to talk about the two hardest working podcasters in the business? How well loaded was tonight's show? I mean, come on, people. I mean, this show literally could appeal to just about anybody. So if the, if you found anybody that listens to this will find something that they're interested in because we pretty much run the fucking gamut weekly. So if you're even remotely interested in this, Dude, tell 15 of your friends to just check us out, man. I guarantee you they will find something in here that entertains them. So true. And you just made me realize, dude, I think we have to take the little. Okay, gang, we're pulling the curtain back. We're going to talk some shop here real quick before we let's close. do it. Let's Here's do what it. we're going to do, Rico, is we're yep. going to transcribe all of our audio podcast into words that we can then blog and then they'll show up in internet searches so if someone's searching for backfiring ejaculate bam there's rock and roll autopsy bam shooting star rock and roll autopsy seo baby search engine optimization i think that's a brilliant idea if you're searching for popcorn cart taylor swift you get rock and roll autopsy. if you're looking for like really fucking out of out of place food digressions right in the middle of music talk this is the place dude i'm so I'm convinced i need to get like a music bumper for that or at least a car like a car <laughs> slamming its brakes because i can't mention a food without rico just yeah, grinding but, everything okay. to a halt let's pull the let's pull rico's curtain back a little bit you're starving so, obviously no 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 i i irritate people at work because i talk about food so much it's 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 one of my biggest topics i can't help myself because and i'll tell you why because my diet is super strict and so i live vicariously through food discussion so i can either go out and house a dozen donuts which i would gladly do or i could talk about oreos with you 
And then it's the same thing. It satisfies my brain in the same way without the calories. Man, well, do you have cheat days? Uh, I don't know. Once every few months, I'll have a cheat meal. All right. Well, next time you're ready to cheat, we'll get that dozen donuts and, and we'll try to get through them. Do you ever go to Stonut in Stowe? Um, Stonuts. I, I know of it. Um, never been there, though. Do you know how everything at Stowe is named after Stowe? It's the lamest yeah. fucking thing ever. They have Stowe Nut. Stowe everything. Yeah. Stowe Cone. Mm -hmm. Stowaway. They have. Yeah, it's, yeah. So it's just dumb. But anyway, Stonut is like a 1950s kind of retro style donut place. And they have some really bitching donuts in there. man. Nice. You know, what? I tell you what, when we hit that show in February, that'll be a nice cheat meal. Dude, plan your cheat time for the show. Gonna. Hey, by the way, in February, we're going to go see, we're going to go to the MGM in Cleveland, and we're going to go watch Extreme and In Living Color just as fans. But if we want to do an informal meet and greet, we're going to be there. If anybody wants to meet us up there, we can arrange that, dude. We can arrange a little informal meet and greet if, if anybody wants to meet the, the brilliance behind this podcast. Yeah, our three uh, regional listeners can That's pop right. up to the MGM Grand and see uh, see Vernon Reed and the boys and uh, Nuno and have a, a fun night and uh, buy us a beer. I, th that would be great. <laughs> that would be great. Um, no, in all seriousness, uh, thanks, everybody. Agreed with you 100%, Scott. Thank you for listening. Uh, in all seriousness, there is a lot going on with these podcasts. If if you're remotely entertained or interested at all, just spread the word, man, because I feel like there's a lot of people out there that would really um, have fun listening to this. Rico, you rule, man. Let's, uh, let's beg out of here. Agree. All right. Good night now. Let me have that special rock and roll music. Yeah! Let me tell you, so the lyrics to real rock music is nothing more than satanic cyanide. Get it out of your house, throw it out, and burn it. It has no place in the house of the righteous. Guys, it was like a mistake. There's no mistake anymore. To the door, love it to the morning. I'm gone. I'm gone. Follow us on Twitter at RNR Autopsy, or you can send an email to rock and roll autopsy at gmail.com. And if we run across anything good, We'll mention it in a future episode. Thanks for listening. Later. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Before you go, if you like heavy metal and stories, then you'll love Battle of the Bands, the narrative form metal podcast that unpacks the biggest rivalries in rock and metal history. Season 1 took in Megadeth versus Metallica. And season two went across the divide to explore the beef between Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. It's like business wars, but metal. Find Battle of the Bands wherever you listen to your podcasts or visit battleofthebandspod.com.